counting us in. We just got counted in. Now we're nervous. You're officially counted in. This is my question. Uh, it's about dating apps. Oh, God. No. No, I think it's okay. Are dating apps, like, what? are they cool? Are they okay? Because I think there was a stigma at some point. Yeah. And where have they gone now? What's What's our feeling when it comes to dating apps yeah. in general? Uh, to in begin, general. though, A.D., do you want to introduce our I guest have, that we have what, <laughs> today? You don't even know we have a guest <laughs> because she hasn't, she hasn't spoken yet. I was laughing. Uh, okay, she was laughing. Um, yes. I think I want to hear her take on this. And then after that, <laughs> after that, we will. Okay. And then you'll decide if you want to introduce. Yeah. Okay. That'll, that'll tell how excited my introduction will be. Yeah. I think you know dating apps have definitely become more common. I think more and more of my uh, clients are meeting on dating apps. So that's. I think it's true of my clients too. Yeah. A lot of them meet on dating, dating apps. apps. Yeah. 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 Less I, less yeah. tender, I think. Less tender. I think yeah. Tinder is kind of going out of style. I think. It's a hookup app. Yeah. And. I think and Bumble is the new thing. Bumble is really nice. That people will talk about. There's I, a new one actually called Hinge that a lot of the young folks you're talking the about these. With I don't Hinge? What's yeah, I've never heard Hinge? of Hinge. Um, so, you know, on Bumble, the girls have to talk first. Mm, which um, I, I actually really like. Honestly, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I guess I like it too. I don't really care. Do you, do you not care? What's, no. Okay, not tell really. me about Hinge though. What's. Hinge is just like a little, you can be a little bit more specific. You can kind of put in like things that you care about, like if you have certain beliefs or political views okay. or certain oh. age ranges, whereas Bumble, you don't really have that option unless they put it on their bio. Right. So, so it kind of calls the herd a little bit. A little bit. The yeah. herd. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I like what Bumble. What has anything to say? <laughs> but if you think about oh, it, there's a lot the of... <laughs> the herd. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people on there, <laughs> oh, though, no. you know? Yeah, yeah. I think that's, uh, that's actually the idea. That's why I like uh, Bumble because I feel like uh, let's say nice woman on a regular or another dating app will just get so many they'll get inundated with guys saying hello 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 you know yeah and, and that's my thought that they're just there's no way for them to sort through all I this stuff I still feel inundated oh really <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> Jessica Christie everybody <laughs> yeah perfect moment <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> Yeah, anyway, so that's why I think... Well, that's your introduction. That, yeah, yeah, no, so. that's great. That's great. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll take uh, it. Guys, um, welcome to the Black Light Podcast. Uh, this is Adonia Jaja. Levi Tiarina. Yeah, and you hear this wonderful voice with us tonight. This is, and I say tonight because we're recording at night. Yep. This is the beautiful, the artistic, the ever so talented Jessica Christie. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks for I joining us. I appreciate it. This is awesome. our first fireside chat because there's actually a fire crackling. And city traffic rumbling in the background, so... Yeah, I, you probably can't hear the city traffic because the gain on the microphone. <laughs> probably not. It's, it's still pretty, it's pretty, like, that, noticeable. That me. How's that? Um, AD, regarding dating apps, you were oh my also gosh. using uh, another one, Coffee Meets Bagel. You want to tell us about that? Coffee Meets Bagel isn't bad. Um, why is that different? I think... Uh, you you match. I think they what they do is they give the ladies six matches, and then they can decide whether or not they want that person to match with them or not. Oh, okay. And then they, you guys have twenty four hours to talk or to open up dialogue. Maybe it's seven days. I can't remember. I wonder why they yeah. pick all these rules. I don't know. I think you know. There's so many. There's I think so they many also apps, have to yeah. make a way to differentiate themselves from every other app. If you have the True. same roles as another app, you might as well. And they have a bigger market share. Yeah. True. I imagine they would just go with that app instead. Well, I think Coffee Meets Bagel is healthier for women. I think they 
appreciate not having random comments True. or comments that aren't like being catcalled via the internet. Sure, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's no fun. I mean, no. I would like it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Can I say it on the podcast? <laughs> I can't really whistle. Yeah. I was gonna try, but yeah, no. And so I think it's it's safer. And it's just a nicer experience. And so they've gone from like, okay, Cupid, and like, wait, wait, maybe that's kind of a crazy experience. You yeah. Know? yeah. And it, like, people are inundated and they're trying to maybe streamline the process. I actually get, have know. a thought about dating apps that I've thrown out once that I'm curious to see what you guys think. I have always wondered if dating apps give people too many options. Mm. And so they're less committal, like mm. committed to a relationship because they're like, well, what if there's something better? And Wait, so you're finding people. That is a people... very fascinating question. <laughs> 80s yeah. freaking out over no, here. <laughs> I love this idea of the plague of options. Like, yeah. It's something I think about quite a bit, especially with. Uh... Well, I mean, if you walk into any restaurant, like a few few months ago, I was at a wedding in like rural Pennsylvania. The only breakfast option was Denny's. And the Denny's? menu was seven pages long. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. And like, what the hell do I pick? Yeah, on both yeah. sides of the menu, top to bottom, with options. And I was like, I had no idea where to even start picking sure. a food item out. Sure. Yeah. But you got to understand, though, uh, this, this extensive menu, this idea of, like, so many options did appeal to a certain generation. Right. It doesn't appeal to our sort of crafted generation or, yeah. or curated generation. But I think that it's very true. I think that we, when you have so many options... You, you, everything's diluted. Yeah. And well, I think it just gives you this analysis paralysis where you have to make wait, a decision. Sorry, can you say it again? Yeah, analysis paralysis. Analysis paralysis. That's the third time. Okay. And it's a thing. Well, but it's a thing yeah. when you get stuck in a decision where you can't make yeah. a decision because you feel like par- paralyzed by your options. Yeah. Hmm. I feel like as I've um, explored dating, that's kind of been like the theme that I've been running into because I'm definitely in a place where I'm ready to find a serious committed relationship Mm -hmm. and I feel like it's been interesting to talk to people Mm -hmm. on dating apps or just in real life to people that I meet that I'm interested in and I feel like they don't want to make that commitment because what if there's something better or what if she's not the one or what if it sucks or you know what if we don't get along the way I thought we would Uh, Black Light listeners did you hear that right here (laughs) on the pod did you hear that Jessica Christie is ready so I'm just kidding kidding. Um, it's time guys it's time no so no there's this idea that like 100 years ago or let's say actually two or 250 years ago you just kind of married the person on the farm next to you like because you You didn't have options you didn't have the option and and you were probably happier, you know, like, and I love this, uh, this story. There's this test done where, uh, they gave uh, a group of test subjects, whatever. Um, they gave them uh, a picture. And so one set of these people, they gave a picture and they said, Hey, you, for a month, you're going to live in this apartment and you're going to have this one picture on your wall. And that's all they told them. Right. Yeah. And then the other test subjects, they said, uh, Hey, you have a month in this apartment and you can pick from these three pictures and one of these three pictures uh, you get to keep on your wall for a month. And then the other test subjects, they said, all right, every every two weeks, you're going to trade out this picture for another picture. And then at the end, they their question was, which one of these people uh, ended up being the happiest with their decision? And it was the first uh-huh. The first group who didn't even have a choice, who just had their photo, 
and they were very happy with what they had. And so yeah. this idea that we have it sounds this, like some North Korea propaganda. That you're <laughs> 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 no, but I think it's a, it's a wonderful idea, especially with we think talk about photography and curating our work mm-hmm. and you know deciding what we show. And you know, I we were talking about that. Was it last week or maybe just maybe we talked about it in person? Yeah. But just like giving, you know, giving the bangers. And, giving, and not the full, yeah, you know, full story. Being the author. Yeah, I mean, and, sometimes yeah. something I think about when I'm delivering a slideshow is mm-hmm. why am I including all the photos that aren't in the slideshow? Like, if I don't make the cut, why would I give them to them anyways? Sure. And I, I still do because there's, like, family photos and other things like that. But yeah. it does kind of ask the question, like, if you don't feel like it's worth them taking time out of their day to look at among the best photos, why even include it? Yeah. Right. Another thought that comes to my mind, I actually had a meeting with... Um, some potential clients who ended up booking me, yeah. Right. Um, but they actually were, so they didn't know what styled shoots were. Oh, and wow. they actually said to me in the meeting, I don't know if we could look as good as some of these pictures that we see on Pinterest or Instagram. Wow, and they were actually wow. intimidated by some of the bangers that they see out yeah. there and those curated feeds. And I told them, I was like, well, those are probably, some of what you are seeing are probably models, styled shoots. Yeah. And they were like, that's a thing? Oh my gosh, we feel oh, yeah. so much better now. Mm. So that's I actually, yeah. like, I told them, I was like, my Instagram feed, I haven't done style shoot in a while. I was like, so my Instagram feed right now is actually live, real couples that I work to make comfortable and feel good in front of the camera so that you get what you see. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can we talk about your Instagram feed right now? <laughs> what because about it? there is a picture on your Instagram feed <laughs> with the groom flipped upside down <laughs> on on the side of a mountain yep. and the bride is also like they're 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 rock climbers yep. legit rock climbers yep. the bride is in a dress yep. rock climbing up the side of a mountain yep. and then i guess you're also rock climbing I up was. the side of a mountain <laughs> yeah and then I the was. groom is upside down yeah gosh you have to tell me about that process what was, i mean i'm sure there were challenges and so yeah. like, like did you plan that out did you know everything you were going to do so like, i actually went up Um, The bride and groom actually live in um, Redstone, Colorado, which is right outside of Aspen. And um, they live in what's called the Crystal Valley. And about a quarter of a mile up the road from their house, there's this really amazing climbing area. Sure. Um, And they're like, we go here every day, you know, after work and climb during the summer. So it's like, it's important to us. And they did this whole like knot tying ceremony with a fisherman's knot during the um, actual wedding ceremony that they had. This this. She, was it on their wedding? Was um, it, it wasn't. Her? It okay, was actually wasn't. after their wedding. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. But yeah, so they kind of wanted to like actually commemorate and do in real life what they did in the ceremony because wow. climbing obviously is very challenging in more than one way. Sure. Um, so I went up a few months ahead of time and we scoped the area. Um, I also hit the climbing gym pretty hard um, because you worked. You started climbing. I started climbing in 2015. Oh, okay. So okay. yeah, I've been I've been climbing a while. I'm not like. I would never say that I'm a climber. Um, No, no, no. But um, I definitely wanted to make sure that I felt comfortable and I haven't climbed outdoors very much. So that was a little intimidating for me. What was also intimidating was I was on the hardest route I've ever climbed. Oh, really? When I was shooting that. Oh, my gosh. So, but what I loved about it was my couple was so encouraging. Like, Kristen, the bride, just hearing her below me. Um, I was actually going to try to just pull myself up the rope, and Nick was belaying me, the groom, and he was like, yeah, this isn't really working. Try to climb. 
and I was like, I looked down at him, and I was like, there's nothing for me to hold on to. There, wow. Literally, oh it's just gosh. a wall. Because you had your gear on you. Yeah, I had my camera. Oh, I just took gosh. I just took one of my bodies and just my 35 millimeter. Sure, sure. Actually, no, I lied. I took my 24 to 70 because okay. I wanted yeah. the range. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but Kristen was down there and she was encouraging me and that just really pushed me, which was amazing. So So that did they have this idea or did you have the idea? Like where how did that even come about? I I think that you kind of put things out into the universe and then they kind of come to you. I had actually been thinking about this kind of a shoot mm. and I met Nick at a wedding last September. He was playing guitar for the ceremony and the reception. Wow. And then Kristen, his now wife, came to pick him up and she's like, this is fate. Like, you're going to oh, be my wow. photographer. Wow. And really? yeah. That's and so, so then they hired me and they're like, we want a rock climb. And I was like, it's funny you say that because I've been thinking about wanting to do a rock climbing shoot. Sure. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you yeah. sort of envisioned some of these shots. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. And they have to be super talented to do. They, yeah, yeah they're in such great shape. They take such good care of themselves. And, you know, living in the mountains, they trail run almost every day. They, you know, they eat really healthy and they're just amazing. Woo. They're, they're role models for sure. Wow. Like, yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. But, and I was like anchored into the wall for like an hour and a half, like just in my harness, like taking pictures of them. Yeah. They did all the hard work though, climbing and Nick, when he incredible. did the upside down picture, mm -hmm. he was actually rappelling down from the top. So when he was upside down, he was not only upside down, but he was holding himself in place with the rope. Goodness gracious. Yeah. No, it's, it's like, it's stunning. I saw it, I was like, you. I'll never take a photo like that. No, <laughs> what am no. I doing with my life? No, oh my you're gosh. amazing. No, you're no, amazing. No, it, was, it was crazy. It was so good. It was, yeah, anyway. That's Thank good. you. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I think it really kind of shows, though, like the power of power of just teamwork and collaboration. Yeah. People have an idea, and they want to help you achieve it all and help work put the effort in to make it possible. Right. I think it's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to talk, uh, podcast listeners, right now. We're in Levi's backyard, <laughs> and along with Levi's mellow, beautiful voice, we're next to his fire underneath some Edison lights on a rickety table that's perfect. And uh, I just think it's uh, it's wonderful. Levi is Levi through and yeah. through. Like, <laughs> the ambiance is great. Yeah, it's like so wonderful. I want to live here. Can well, I move in? Well, I feel like <laughs> I would be remiss if not mention that you a motorcycle in the neighborhood. Um, we missed to not mention the fact that this has been Hillary's passion project for the past two years. Yeah. Hillary, your wife. Yes, Hillary's yeah. my wife. And um, shout out to Hillary because yeah. she has, has uh, pushed for this in spite of me not wanting to do the physical labor and the fact that I haven't done as much physical labor as most people on it. But it is awesome to enjoy. Yeah, so. That's amazing out here, man. Yeah. 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 So good. Love it. Wow. Um... All right, this is Blacklight Podcast. What are we talking about today? Um, I think one of the things we've been contemplating is just the concept of community, especially within Denver as a whole. Um, well, kind of even starting the subject, taking it back a little bit, I moved here six years ago. And when I moved here, basically I moved into a vacuum. I knew uh, Hillary, so we were dating at the time, and I moved in with her parents. So I was living in their basement. Uh, I knew her family, I knew her, and that was basically it. So I started with photography and started, you know, doing things out here, like meeting people and meeting some planners or meeting, you know, whatever. But um, it took me like four or five years to actually feel like I was a part of something out here because I feel like community here seems like it's really scattered. Uh, everyone's kind of doing their own thing, and I feel like 
everything is kind of a subculture. Like the people that are doing coffee are also doing like skateboarding or they're doing design work or they're doing other stuff. And their subculture, I think, is plays more of a role in what they do versus the actual like their career. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not really part of any subcultures, so you're like sure. I'm just a photographer. I'm just doing my thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, and the and the photographer subculture is extremely. Uh, for me, it's independent. Like, I think a lot of the photographers want to stand on their own two feet. Sure. Or there mm-hmm. isn't as much collaboration as I've personally experienced in other cities. Right. You know, and so, well, and I, I should say that it's in the wedding photography community. Yes, I Other agree. photography communities, like, I was at a photographer shootout party and... Everyone, there was there were models and everyone just had cameras and people were just shooting and it was it was very wild, um, <laughs> but it wasn't a wedding photography party. Yeah, like, just um, photographers. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's that's part of like why we're doing this podcast. Right. Also, why we want to invite you on, yeah, Jessica, absolutely. to to start talking and start having this conversation about how we can start bridging kind of these gaps and instilling community in in Colorado. What's your experience? Uh, yeah, with that. Like, yeah. What, yeah. I mean, I guess my story, I moved here eight years ago. My story is a little bit similar to Levi. I didn't know, really know anybody. Um, I, um, it was really hard, I feel like. I think that a lot of people tend to stand very independently and then feel as though they need to kind of guard and protect what they've built or their quote-unquote secrets Um, and so they tend to be a little less open about what their business is actually like or how they did what they did Um, you know or they I don't know they don't really want to make the time I feel like sometimes and I think it's really hard because when I was a new photographer I would sometimes reach out to people and felt like I was just kind of getting cold-shouldered and then I did have to stand on my own because there was nobody there to really help me, yeah. you know? Um, but yeah, so it was kind of hard in that experience. Sure, so, sure. It's a yeah. little bit like the wild, wild west. That, yeah. I mean, I like that. It's color. We're in Colorado. Colorado. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was just talking to a local, or sorry, a native from Colorado yesterday. Oh, okay. And she said, you know, she knows when uh, a local is present, someone who has moved in or a trans- transplant because they say Colorado, uh, like I yeah. say Colorado, yeah. as opposed to Colorado. Interesting. And so I'm going to try to say Colorado. Col- dang it. Colorado. Colorado. Perfect. To, to infiltrate and be known as a native, first black native of <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> Colorado. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, it's been yeah. interesting. It's been so. an interesting experience watching the community grow too because it's like expand like i feel like the wedding industry has grown so much in denver since i first started eight years ago and feeling like seeing like younger photographers kind of like grasping at straws trying to figure out what they're doing has been kind of sad so i've been trying to help what's what do you what's the what do we do what's the how do we bridge that gap? How do we start? Well, I think the, I do think there's a, an impetus to actually start making strides. Sorry, what word was that? An impetus. Sorry, I just yeah. want to make sure. I think your vocabulary tonight yeah. is on point. Yeah. Um, to do, just to do something. And so a few months ago at AD, you and I started doing these gatherings, and we kind of stopped throughout the summer, but we were just hosting people at you know, Studio Mast or at uh, Zeppelin Station, getting yeah. drinks or just, you know, sharing some food. And it was a lot of fun. And just, like, hanging out, yeah. yeah. With the goal, and that, that was the goal, just to, like, not have our whole lives be photography. Let's just hang out and know people. Right. Um, and I think 
you have to start somewhere. And I think doing something like that, there's a responsibility for a few of us that have been doing this a bit longer in the city to start creating a culture around that. And also one thing we thought about too is the fact that um, if no one's doing it, why not us? Like, why don't we do it? And, yeah, we're part of And be part of creating like something. Yeah. yeah, that's great. Uh, what but, is, you know, I guess looking even further into that idea, what is a healthy community look like? What are we working towards, I guess? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, a good question. I do think there is a lot of collaboration. Like, I think, well, I don't know. I guess I do think that there is a lot to be said about people just having actual authentic relationships that exist outside of photography. I think photography can be a great catalyst for bringing mm -hmm. people together. Yeah. There should be things that tie people in outside of that. Yeah. And I think, but you can't know those things unless you actually meet people and find out what they're interested in. It's funny you say that actually. I, um, you know, back, you know, a couple years ago, Instagram pods were like a big thing for like getting Instagram sure. engagement and yeah. things like that. And I had joined one with a bunch of photographers from all over like California, Oregon, Washington, um, and things like that. And we actually aren't really, we like it fizzled out because I think most of those engagement groups have. Yeah. And the algorithm changed. Yes. The algorithm changed. Had, yeah. 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 But we actually still have our group chat oh, that's cool. and a lot of us there's about 15 in the group and I've actually met probably the majority of them oh, already wow. yeah and so it was interesting because I felt like I gained community um, with people that don't even live here sure. and these are people that like would let me stay at their house um, and now some of them are actually like hosting photography workshops together and collaborating on shoots together and I've photographed some of them because they're like um, couples and so they let me take pictures yeah. of them and like we've been able to collaborate in that way yeah. and I just think about things like that and I'm like why can't we do that here mm -hmm. like with people that we get, can actually see on a regular basis yeah so. I do think that there is this tension of being entrepreneurs all in the same city I think that intimidates people I think people think that just because you are doing the same kind of work that you're by nature rivals. Yeah. And I don't think that's actually true. I think even looking at the work itself, like for a lot of photographers, the work is actually incredibly different mm -hmm. and people have all kinds of different clients. Like for like AD and I, our work is totally different work. We have totally different clients. I, I don't think I've ever gotten an inquiry that you've also gotten. Um, that I know of, and I've never like lost a wedding that I know of to you, AD. Because I've been booking all of them. <laughs> AD's been booking. Yeah, that's right. That's probably the, that's probably the real reason. <laughs> but I also think we just have a different draw, and so I've never yeah. felt like we are in competition with each other. Well, and we all yeah. have our own voice, right? We sure. all have. Every person is different. Like, yeah. I, there's nobody that is going to be able to be me behind the camera. They, I could even sell my presets. I could ha give people the exact same camera I use, and they will never see what I see yeah. and be able to produce what I produce because they're not me or have the interaction with my clients that. Yeah. I do remember though you know, when I was younger I though, said, yeah. thinking Thank that you. if I could have this look or if I could shoot this way, then that would be like the precipice of getting of arriving at the station and I think a lot of young photographers or newer photographers um, still think that way I think that's the mentality yeah. of anyone who's starting out that if you had the right secrets or knew the right stuff then you could compete with somebody based purely on the fact that they have tools that you don't have access to here's my thought on it though I actually just ho I hope um, well I didn't host it um, Dalton Smiley down in Shreveport Louisiana he hosted an event called Gather um, in Shreveport and that's where I'm from and I actually went to the event and spoke at it about community. Mm -hmm. And my biggest thing about community, I, I, having starting to kind of build a community for myself, 
was realizing that once you start building that, you're lifting each other up. Oh, yeah. You're making each other better sure. and stronger and more powerful. And so it's, you know, who cares if I tell you, you know, what my pricing is or who cares if I tell you how I got a certain shot a certain way because they're never going to be you. And then you're just making them better, which is in turn going to make you better. Right. And we're all just going to grow as a community. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I yeah. do think there's uh, just a misconception even like. I mean, because I think, like, even, like, pricing, like, what do you, what is pricing even based on? Is it is some industry average, or do you, do people actually look at their expenses for the year, think about how many weddings they're going to shoot, and then determine their pricing based off of that? Because that seems like a more reasonable way to set your pricing. It's like, yeah. my minimum should be based off of well, how much I need to survive, not well, how much. Well, so. I'll stop you. Okay. <laughs> I will, not just, I think, how much you need to survive is, and we can talk about this, but is a different mentality than how much am I you, worth? Yeah, or how well, much you sure. should make in a year. Totally. Or, but yeah. I think like how much you need to survive should set the baseline. That should be like your minimum pricing. I don't know and, about that. Yeah. Well, because I, mean, I honestly, and I don't, I feel like I'm going to argue with the, like strongly here. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that uh, the the need to survive comment that is a mentality scarcity lack. mindset. Yeah. And that is a very scary place for people to exist. And to and make decisions. Yeah. I came, I grew up, I grew up poor, you know. Now I'm just roaming in the dough, baby. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not true. But, um, and so I, and I, I talked to this lady, a business coach, and that's one of the things that she kind of uncovered. And the way that I talk and the way that I carry my business and in my pricing and all these things that there was a mentality, a scarcity mindset, a mentality of like, oh, I just need to make enough, as opposed to this uh, mentality of abundance, which was the other side. Mm -hmm. And there's so much, so much more that comes when you change that. And so, I don't. I think there's definitely a way that I think about my pricing and how I determine how much I'm going to make. I want to make a year and where I set my pricing and all that goes into it. The how many weddings I want to shoot, what kind of clients I want to shoot, knowing that the certain type of clientele won't book me under a certain price range. Sure. You know, knowing all these truths all go into my algorithm. To, <laughs> <laughs> I did air quotes, everyone. In determining how much I'm going to price. So but, how do you reverse? How do you reverse the mentality of a this mentality of scarcity into a mentality of abundance? Not only in your pricing, but like in the way you see life. the world. In yeah. Life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, that's that's a huge question. Um, it takes a lot of work. Yeah, and I think the first part is just knowing it. Is you know having the knowledge that that's why you just said the thing you just said. Not you personally, but just when I say something like, "Oh, I'll give you a discount," or Oh, don't worry. Like uh, we can work with you on price or little little comments. They undercut, you know, the value that I'm putting on my work and myself, you know. And so when I do that, I think knowing that hey, that's coming from the wrong mentality. You know, you need to have the mentality that you're gonna live. Not, I'm not saying I want to live like a lavish life, but right. I have a vision board. On that vision board, I have the things that I want. And in order to achieve the things that I want, no, Levi, you can't know what's on my vision board. <laughs> I can see smiling. What's on your vision board? Yeah. It's for me to know. <laughs> Is there like a big 4x4 leather ottoman or something on that vision board? <laughs> oh, 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 why are you making fun of my ottoman? I love that ottoman. Uh, anyway, you know, but I, I think that, honestly, for me, that sets my pricing. Okay. The things on that, like if it's images of travel or, you know, what I want to do or where I want to live and kind of who I want to be in the next 10 years, 
I, I take that and understand what do I need to make in a year to make this this truth a reality a reality and you and kind then of have, like that coming yeah. back full circle on that too you ha- it, you have to understand there's more than enough to go around sure and yeah. i think that's another reason why people struggle with community is because they fear that well if i am not protecting my business or myself they are going to like lose business or like their competition is going to get their business if they help them or something like that so making those decisions out of fear uh, that you're not going to have enough money or that you aren't worth that or that mm-hmm. you can't have that or something like that is never going to get you anywhere. I, for me, when I started my business, I just, I just did it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, a lot of people ask the question, like, how did you do this? And I, for me, it's just like, I don't know. I just woke up one day and I was here, but that's just because I, I never once questioned cause I loved it. And I just kept going for it wow. and tried to not make those decisions out of fear and wow. tried to make them out of following my heart and my passion instead That's wonderful. yeah so i think that kind of goes ties into that for sure, sure. yeah totally yeah hmm. so will you tell us what's on your vision board <laughs> just give us one <laughs> thing off your vision board sure sure uh I, I in in the travel section of my vision board i want to go to lima peru i have not been there Me too. i think that's just a really you know neat wonderful exotic place I've been to a, a lot of places. I haven't been to Lima, Peru, and I want to go there for me. I don't yeah. want to go there to shoot it. I don't want to go there for work. I want to go there for fun. And so Hell yeah. that's on my. That's one of the things. Family. I want a family. You know. Um, a little baby. And so a little baby. Baby A D. Baby D. Baby D. Get out of the trash, baby. <laughs> no, that's my dog. Wait a minute. Okay. Anyway, so yeah, it's 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 literally things like that. But you know, I think for people deciding or who don't have a vision board, I I think I rebelled against this idea when this yeah, lady. Yeah, that's cheesy. I that's was like, cheesy. a vision board? Is this what I'm paying you for? You know. But it was it was actually wonderful because mm-hmm. I literally made you know cutouts. I'm a photographer, so I speak. My visual language comes through images. You know, like. So I made images and I, I made a little cutout thing and, you know, and. And now and you're not making decisions out of fear. You're making decisions out of, like, what you act, what your heart actually wants yeah, and or, your passion. Yeah. Maybe I would say my my new I redefined my necessity. So oh, that's good. I redefined it. Necessary was just making it at one point, and now necessary is no. I have to make. I have to charge you this, because. I have to do this. Baby AD. Yeah, because yeah. of Baby D. And not just Baby D, but like Baby D's baby. That's how deep it goes for me. Yeah. It's like, Legacy. No. Yeah. yeah, and that's that's what we're doing. And so, awesome. uh, dang, we went there. Dang it, Levi, every time. <laughs> okay, wow, this, this is an, another <laughs> even deeper question. Oh, man. Following through the, funneling this, these thoughts, do you think it's possible to build long-term wealth that is root like not only baby AD, but baby AD's baby AD, with just a career in photography, or just a career at all, in 100%, general. 100%. 100%. I mean, I think in any career path, you're going to have people who are just scraping the barrel, then you're going to yeah. have people who are making astronomically higher than anyone can conceive. Are there people making $100,000 a wedding? Yes. Do we know them? No. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean we no, know just that. I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't know I mean, them. <laughs> they're not on the podcast right now. Are but, they? Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. Maybe. I mean, maybe I <laughs> am. Maybe, maybe. 
going to go get any more clients. <laughs> I know. Oh, sorry, guys. Know, 100, 100 oh, grand. Sorry. You know, and so I think, yeah, I think there's definitely, I mean, what do you think? Where where do you lie on that? I, like, I don't think you can, personally. What? Not like, not just like photography, just a career. I don't think any career can build you. Okay, I should clarify that. Obviously, there are exceptions to the rule, but in general, the average person I don't think can build wealth long term with a normal career. What do you mean, what just the career or not diversifying? I like mean, not portfolio. diversifying, not like not like put, looking into investment funds or oh, real estate well, sure. or crap like that. Like I sure. think, and that that's kind of I mean. I, obviously, I think those things tie in, but I I've just been even as an entrepreneur thinking about those things. Like, how do you build for something like this vision board? How do you reach the end goal? And is it going to be just with photography, or there are going to be other? Will there be other things that happen alongside of that? Hundred percent other things. If I don't, I if I don't have my my financial planner, I'm nowhere. If I don't, if I don't, have, if I'm not investing, and I don't have like an IRA, and all, and I'm not thinking about the future, then then all of that is I, I can't just say oh, I make money. And then I'm just gonna, yeah. and I still have to be wise yeah. with the money that I'm making. So sure, yeah. But I think it, that kind of comes back for me, full circle to this concept of community and creativity. That there's this fundamental myth among photographers, or among any entrepreneur, or anyone who's in an industry like we are, because we're, we're in some sort of a trade of some kind. Sure, yeah. That there is that you just work, and there's so much money on the table, and you take it, and if you can just do enough, you'll be fine, or you'll make you'll, you'll make a lot of money. Or, or if, if you, you work harder, right, and, and harder and harder and longer hours. And I think there is an element of like working really hard, but just the fact like if you just uncover the, the secret or the trick or whatever it is, and like you can be fine and you'll you'll achieve your goals. And I just think that that is in general is a myth that because I think you can be wildly successful, you know, doing anything whether it's large volume or small volume based on the decisions you make and how you approach it. I think even like talking about the, this like um, this idea of scarcity and abundance, I think it's about the approach. And I think the myth comes back to people thinking that if they just could book more work than, you know, or the weddings that you're booking, those are, that's their meat, you know, that's their stuff. Right. And if you didn't book it, then they could book it and that would help them get, get to the end goal. I see what you're saying. Instead yeah. of them being like, you know what? It doesn't matter if someone books 20 or 30 or how many I book, that has no impact on me. That is, that's good for them. I'm on a whole different journey. I think everyone sees it like we're all on one journey, fighting for a route on the path versus thinking that we're all on different paths. We are, and that's the thing, way. we are on, are on different paths. And I, and when I'm thinking about all of this and thinking about like wealth and long-term and that sort of thing, like I, I personally don't want to be shooting 30 weddings a year, no matter how much money they are, because that's a lot of work. And I, too, would like to have, you know, a partner, maybe a kid, I don't know, at some point in my life. And I also love traveling, but I can't do that if I have to shoot 30 weddings. So it's like, I, I feel like I have to d differentiate and do some other things. And that path is completely different than other photographers. Like, whatever I choose to do outside of that is going to be different. And so for me, I'm actually getting ready to potentially start another business. Yeah. Um, which is hopefully going to be a business that I don't particularly have to work in, but allows me to still draw an income without having to do those things. Yeah, I mean, it's smart. So, yeah, it's smart. Yeah. Um, so let me just distill this down. So what you're saying is community, uh, we're going for a community, but a lot of people are thinking that they need to fight for their weddings yeah. in order to make this income. But in reality... You don't have to fight so much because making it won't just rely on photography. Right. It'll rely on you diversifying 
your you know your portfolio or for lack of better yeah or or like like, just understanding your path and what you're passionate about you know my you know the second business i'm going to start might not be for everybody yeah you know and some people their path might be just photography and that's okay because that's what they want and that's what they're passionate about and maybe the income they make with just photography is the wealth that they need because wealth is different for every person Yeah, that's true so yeah. I think it's just a matter of, you know, yeah. what is knowing that we're not all in the same place competing for the same thing on the same path. We all have our own path yeah. that we're going on. I think wow. as you're distilling this down, A.D., mm-hmm. um, I think it just comes down to the fact that the fundamental problems that we have with community in a place like Denver, I think, is rooted in just mythology around mm-hmm. what it takes to succeed. And I think that is the ultimate problem is that there is these myths being told that we have to undo or we have to like speak out against. And I think once you start doing that, I think you do that by actually embracing people. And I think you speak out against the myth by building friendships, by building bridges. And that communicates, hey, you are more valuable than than even booking these weddings or whatever. Yeah, Yeah. because I mean, those things don't matter in general, but people that you're reaching out to may not know that yet. And so I think it's saying, hey, I value you as a person more than I value looking. That's, I think, yeah. what's the perception should be on the receiving end. Yeah. Uh, and so I think that just means, like, getting people together, making initiatives, mm. and... Talking. Yeah, just having conversations. And, and people. Trying to get something going. I don't... I don't... Uh, I like this conversation. I don't want to stay on it too much longer. Sure. But I do... Uh, I do want to give a little bit of... I don't know the word, but... For those people who do think that, hey, you know, like, hey, you you steal away. I've had that situation where I'm up for a wedding with a friend. It does happen. Sure. You know, so I don't want to talk about it like it doesn't happen. Like, there is a part of the industry that is a little bit more cutthroat or a little bit uh, um, more combative. And so, I mean... What do you say to that situation? Because I, I, I'm just, I'm, I know myself as a listener. If I'm listening right now, I'm like, no, that's not true. That's too romantic. Like I have been up against, yeah. you know, a friend for weddings, and you know, and I can see how those situations can sort of sour relationships. It's, it's very unfortunate, yeah. but you know that that money does that. But it, it also has a lot to do with what we were talking about. For me, my vision board and my legacy, that has a lot to do with how much I make. And so making, so booking a wedding is very important to me. And for whoever else, booking a wedding has, it's very important to his family or her family to to have food on the table. And so I just want to make sure that we're not talking so romantically and, and we're also right. like regarding the fact that, hey, you know, sometimes this does happen. You know, there are people that I directly compete with who we, I might take a wedding or they might take the wedding. Fortunately, the majority of those people, we're all still friends. In fact, all of us are also friends. <laughs> Maybe there's one guy. I just, <laughs> I just don't know if he likes me. Is his yeah. name Levi? No. Levi <laughs> <laughs> Tiarina. Yeah. Uh, I really don't know if Shots this guy fired. likes me. Which I love him. And I think I was talking to a buddy the other day. This guy, our work is similar. Like I'm thinking of, I kind of want him to shoot my wedding, you know? But I don't think he likes me because <laughs> because he competing because, because he competing for weddings. Well, like, and I mean, we so good. Like, yeah, and you know, we were talking about this. I experienced a similar situation with sure. people that I feel like have similar, um, you know, 
aesthetic, aesthetic yeah. and you know the adventure you know weddings and elopements kind of a thing and sure. just feeling kind of put down and feeling like the community wasn't there and feeling kind of actually attacked um, in the situation and because I'm nowhere near the popularity level I guess that they would be at but it's interesting to see you know those people trying to keep themselves as if I were going to potentially like take their clients whereas I know that I'm still not I'm not them and so yeah it's it's a really weird thing to have that kind of like come against you and to feel like yeah it can be really cutthroat Mm -hmm. um but in that situation um my response to these two photographers was love and grace like you have to show love to the people around you even if it's somebody in my opinion even if it's somebody that you're in competition with love that person I have a photographer um, her name's Amanda Kopp um, she doesn't do as much weddings anymore because um, her and her husband do some documentary films Amanda Kopp is amazing yeah yeah, yeah she O-M-G. is amazing okay I don't know her but I love her yeah <laughs> alright continue she yeah she actually um, has sent me so yeah. many referrals she sent me so many referrals exactly how does she have so many referrals I don't know she's my best friend <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but that's what I'm saying I've booked so many weddings because Yes, I'm her competition, but she still extends that kind of love towards me. And when we make mistakes, and when, because we all do, like showing that grace to those people around us. So that way we understand, like, yeah, we're in competition. But there's plenty of weddings going around. No, that's true. I would would love to have Amanda on the, I I just, on the podcast, she has gone and to do some other things. Like they started. Uh, they did a, a movie that they opened mm-hmm. at a film festival yep. in, do you know? I can't I remember. remember. Maybe no. it was in the Denver Film Festival, uh, but it was a video that they made over in Africa. Yep. And uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the video, but I saw some previews, and I was just like, wow, she has taken, I don't, I, I don't know if she started in wedding photography, but she's went from this route and went in a different direction, and so maybe she slowed down yeah. from doing weddings. And not that that's the dream. I think some people, like me, I love doing weddings. That's It's actually my dream. I love to do that. But I think that it's beautiful that she can, she could have done this and used this as kind of a, catal- you know, a catapult to do other things, other amazing things. And it's, So she had a, her own path. She had her own path. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but I think for community and just like sharing, imagine us two are both like, I mean, a cop. Like, I love that girl. Yeah. Like, yeah, she's like feeding my family. I don't even have a family. Yeah. You know, like, baby yeah. AD. Yeah, baby AD. Thank you, man. The dog. Yeah, the Currently dog. the dog. Yeah. 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 Um, man, no, she's great. And yeah. I, don't, I don't even know her. But she, she gets it somehow. She. Yeah. I think yeah. showing that, like, showing love and grace to people around you. I mean, in life in general, obviously. Sure. Um, but I think just showing people love on a regular basis, like, that is where community is really born and grown. And it's not about putting people other down, putting pe- other people down or not giving them the time of day. I've actually had people reach out to me on social media and then actually thank me for answering their question because wow. they've asked other photographers and they didn't re- even respond to them. Wow. So it's just, it's, it's about caring about people. Yeah. And I think that not only allows you to build community, but it allows you to build your business. Because if you don't care about people, then people aren't going to come to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. imagine, I mean, I, I'm going to go back to Amanda. The fact that she has this mentality that she's giving, you know, her, you know, increase away. And imagine where she is now. She, mm-hmm. She's in a place where 
maybe she put that out there and it's coming back to her yeah. in so much. And, I mean, I mailed know, her a present one time because I, I was so You're doing better than me. I should, I Get should on mail, it, dude. I should mail her a present. Sorry, Amanda. 80s yeah. a little. Dang, Amanda, don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> no, listen to it. I love you. <laughs> anyway, guys, I think that was great. I think it was wonderful. I love that kind of conversation. I think that's kind of, uh, that's what we need. These are the building blocks of the community that we're building here. So this is, yeah. that's wonderful. Um, I also want to know what your favorite burgers are in Denver, Colorado. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Wait, can we just do favorite burgers everywhere? Uh, yes. Oh, uh, anywhere everywhere? in the world. Yeah. Anywhere in the world. Okay. Uh, right favorite now, burgers. And then... Blue Door Pub, Blue? Minneapolis, the Blue Sea. The Blue Sea is the baseline. The Blue Sea is the, Blue the burger? Sea. Yep. Okay. The Blue Sea. And there's a, there's a competition oh, in Minnesota sorry, just... between Blue Door and Matt's. Um, all in Minnesota? These are all in Minnesota. Okay. But the concept <laughs> of a Blue Sea is that they put blue cheese inside the burger wow. oh, nice. so when you slice it all up it's just blue cheese melting out but they have so many iterations of that like they have a peanut butter and jelly on your blue sea uh. they have um, goat cheese and sorry it's peanut butter and jelly on the burger on the burger does that sound good to it's you to, I, you know what I was like eh, iffy about it and I tried it and it was delicious it was it was so good okay and then there's another one that they had uh, getting figgy with it with Ooh. fig jam and goat cheese on the burger oh, that sounds amazing okay. actually yeah, so bigger burger in the world, Blue Door Pub, Minnesota. Make sure you stop in. All right, Blue Door, what do you have? Um, I'm not quite as experienced, I think, in trying burgers in random places. Sure, sure. Um, but in Denver, I once had the Tap Burger at Highlands Tap and Burger. Highlands Tap Burger, yeah. And it was really good. They make a great burger. So it has yeah. an egg on it. Mm. I really like over easy eggs. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. Do you make them for yourself? Absolutely. Yeah. Put them on some avocado toast. I know it's a little basic, but. Oh, that's good. You know, yeah. It's yeah. delicious. Yeah. yeah. Is avocado toast <laughs> basic now? I feel like that's still, yes. still hip. People say it's basic. Oh, it's come the on. new uh, Uggs and vanilla frappuccinos. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. Wow. It is. I uh, I can't have avocado. I'm allergic to avocado. Aww. But you still eat avocado. I, I actually stopped. Did you I really? Would, yeah, because my, my lips started. Uh, to get tingly and swollen just a little bit. Oh my gosh. So I, first it was just my throat and then when it, my lips started kind of swelling up and I stopped eating I'm avocado. Sorry, that sucks. Yeah, it does suck because avocado is amazing. It yeah. is. No yeah. avocado toast for you. No, no. no, I'm not basic, so. You are not basic. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be basic for the both of us. <laughs> so, okay, my you, tell us your burger. Favorite burger is going to be a pharmacy burger in Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, I really, really, really love cream soda, and they have cream soda on tap Ooh, at this place. Nice. Uh, and the burger itself. Yeah, I'm gonna say like that's cream soda. Like that's cream soda is well, delicious, but I think has nothing to do with the burger. Yeah. If you're talking about '80s burger scale, right? Ambiance has a lot to do uh, with a great experience. Okay. Yeah. And so this place has a great ambiance to it. They have lights like you do in your backyard, <laughs> <laughs> and so you eat outside. Well, you can't eat outside. Uh, like root beer, uh, cream soda root beers on tap. It's really good. And then the burger itself has a very broad burger point. A burger point in a burger is the center in which all the ingredients meld perfectly together. You know, the outside of a burger, you might get a little too much patty, a little too much bread, you know, not enough of the sauce. But the inside of the burger, you'll have a very large diameter for your burger point if it's a great burger. For me, that's this is how I rate my burgers. Got it. Pharmacy burger. This is very specific. I am I love burgers. I just came <laughs> from the Denver burger battle. 
Uh, that's why we're talking about burgers, everyone. Yeah. And uh, so Farmer's Burger has a very large burger point, and the bread is amazing, the patties are amazing. All the ingredients are just top quality, nice. put together well. And I, my basic burger is a, a bacon cheeseburger. That's right. Anytime I go anywhere, that's the burger I get. So I have a baseline to taste the meats, how they do their bread, their burger point. Um, and so, yeah, that's so. But my favorite in Denver, uh, I mean, if I go with what happened today at the Denver Burger Battle, I'm going to say that I liked Park Burgers Burger. Yeah, a really great good. one. Yeah. I love their veggie burger, actually. Oh, really? Mm, it's really good. I feel like yeah. Park Burger has consistently been, like, awesome on a consistent basis. I've oh, never really had a bad experience at Park nope. Burger. Yeah, they do a great job. They're just like, yeah, like, you go there and you know you're going to be happy with what you get. Yeah. Yep. Why? I agree. So you go to, you get a veggie burger. Uh-huh. Uh, just good flavor. Just the flavor. Yeah, it's not, I don't, I'm not vegetarian, obviously. Have you, have you seen these commercials with the veggie burgers that look like meat? The ones that's that bleed? Kind of, that bleed. What? That's freaky. It, I don't understand why they make them. I don't like, like what's it. The point with, what's the point of doing that? I think it's I think it's honestly a crossover. It's to get people who are eating meat Too to be meat. interested in to try non-meat substitutes. Oh. Lower people's cholesterol. I think, it's kind of, I think the goal is to like be like, hey, give this a shot. And the hope is that they'll oh. win people over in time. I or to trick people into to eating people. it. Yeah. I was so confused. It's I was deception. like, why would a vegetarian want a meat-like burger? That's odd. You know, they're yeah. vegetarian for a reason. I mean, they, that's something that has always been really interesting to me. It's always like meat substitutes for vegetarians or vegan if you're vegan. And just because I think if like you... Like chicken strips that are... Right. Yeah, it's not like, chicken strips. Okay, I, like, I get it. Like, yeah, you, if you're vegetarian, celery. maybe you want like, like the texture or like what it is. But it's like, I know a lot of vegetarians are like, I don't even like meat. That's why I'm vegetarian. It's not ethical. It's just I don't like the taste. Yeah. So a substitute doesn't really do the... It's not something they're interested in because that's not... Yeah, that's they stop eating meat for a reason. Yeah, we have to talk, talk to a vegetarian about this. Yeah, I mean, I'm just yeah. I'm literally spitballing hearsay. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to some vegetarians, you know, because this is this is on my mind quite a bit. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, well, why do you want a meat substitute? Like, why don't you see meat? Yeah. <laughs> but, I yeah. I think it's interesting how the food industry always tries to like do things like this to like make people go a certain direction, like as if they're trying to control like mm-hmm. our health or our weight or like because I mean, obviously Americans are. The ones that struggle the most in the world with yeah, that. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's in the world, but you know what I mean. I think it is. Yeah. Is it? Sounds. I, yeah. I believe it. For sure. So I we feel like that's why the these pod. things are happening. Yeah, so it's, it's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's real now. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. I know everything. Yeah, we struggle. Well, okay. Maybe this is me going deep. That, maybe that's my thing. But yeah, I it, think is. <laughs> it is. Like, <laughs> just go. But just like, go the for thing it. that's like one of the worst things for the environment is the consumption of meat. It puts the most amount of like carbon dioxide in the air. It's worse than you know vehicles driving around. Like eating meat isn't sustainable for the planet as a whole. Really? I still eat meat. Yeah, it's like one of the worst things. You yeah, can do. but what about like overpopulation of like animals and stuff like that? Aren't aren't we designed to actually be the natural predator? Oh, we are, but like they're turning so much like forested lands into like pasture lands for cows and things that like oh, grazing lands. Like there's a lot of things the that go into that we the way we consume it. it. Yeah. But so that's something I think about too. Is like you know. Yeah. Like, I look, I think about, like, for my daughter, what's going to be, like, the smoking of her generation? Like, you know, we look back at our parents' generation, like, the 50s and 60s, when everyone smoked, and be like, oh, man, I can't believe they were, like, I can't believe they smoked. And I feel like the, the things of the future, like, in 30, 40 years, and look back, and be like, man, I can't believe those people use plastic, can't believe they ate meat. 
and it's gonna be like, man, like those things are so bad for the sure. for their health and for the environment. I'm not eating meat. I think that'll be around when your daughter. I mean, I, I'm I mean, not gonna stop eating meat. Me, if she knows me, <laughs> like, hey, baby, ancient. He's like, we're already yeah. feeding her meat. <laughs> she's eating, she is. She's eating meat now. But I think plastic. I think our plastic consumption is ridiculous. Like the like straws. Uh, my buddy posted this picture online the other day of peeled oranges at the airport in plastic containers, so people could buy them, <laughs> open it, and eat them. But then my buddy was like, what if nature? could have given us some it's sort of natural wrapper. protection <laughs> on the oranges. Yeah, and then somebody peeled it and put it in plastic in this So we're lazy thing. AF yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> plastic, like, to-go boxes, you know, like, plastic for a water box. I mean, or for, like, a... Straws. Yeah, a straw yeah. Yeah. or just, or, like, yeah, a soda bottle. or... Yeah. It's it's I mean I I still use it. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. I, I still yeah. I know, you're yeah. actually making me feel a little guilty over here. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just not. saying. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. But it is kinda of, when you think about it, it's like, wow, it was a lot of plastic. Like especially like to go boxes. That's a thing for me, is like I try to use I have a friend who takes a metal container and she keeps it in her car. And if she ever wants to take something to go, she'll walk out to her car. That is dedication. You no, know, she's very it's a dedicated. a lot of dedication. Yeah. yeah, like no plastic bags, all that kind of stuff. Like, she's extremely dedicated to not using plastic, which I get. Yeah. But at the same time. I just don't time, have the willpower to be that guy. Yeah. yeah, lazy. I'm lazy. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> that's what it's called. I say willpower. You're lazy. Auto lazy. Focus. Damn American. <laughs> Wait, that's, nice. that's, that's, that's what it means. That's what it means, right? Gosh, this has been awesome. Uh, Jessica, um, tell us where, where can we find you? Where can we find your work online? Where can yeah. the listeners uh, get you? Yeah, yeah um, you can find me on Instagram at Jessica Christie Photo. And that's Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-I-E. Um, and then my website is Jessica in as in Noel, Christy.com. Um, but yeah, that's yeah. where I'll be. Is there anything coming up that you're super excited about? Anything we should be on oh, the lookout man. for? Yeah, yeah. actually. Um, I have a lot of really awesome traveling coming up okay. that I'm really stoked on. Um, I don't know if Levi remembers this, but I actually messaged him a long time ago and was like, hey, how are you traveling so much for these weddings? Um, I think I figured it out. Nice. Um, right. So I will be, um, and I've been really lucky. I've got to travel quite a bit already, but mm. um, this is probably going to be my biggest travel year. So I'm going to be heading to Morocco um, awesome. in October. I'm actually going to be working with one of my friends who's launching a Moroccan goods importing company. Okay. I'll be documenting her buying process. Wow. From there, I'm heading to Australia to photograph a wedding um, for a dear couple out there. I'm also going to be meeting my Australian counterpart. Her name is Jessica Christie as well. Oh, my. She is also a photographer. What? We found each other on Instagram. Wow. We wow. are now friends. That's cool. Um, so I'm really excited to actually meet her in person. We have um, FaceTimed uh, quite a bit and talked over social media. You guys look alike? Or? No, she's, oh, okay. blonde. Oh, she's blonde. I'm brunette. We don't look alike at all. Yeah. But you should wear a wig when you meet her. Just for <laughs> maybe, fun. Maybe, just I for maybe I will. Maybe I will. Be would. like, hey, we're twins. Yeah. With the same name. Yeah. Um, That's, that could be her evil twin. That's, yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> we thought about just taking over the world, yeah. honestly. But yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. And then I'm going to be heading to New Zealand for fun. 
oh, since wow. I'm going to be over there. Sure. Um, so I'm doing it for a fun trip like you did. And awesome. then I have a wedding in Hawaii and a wedding in Nicaragua. Okay, cool. So I am You're doing it. Excited. You're moving shaking. Yeah. yeah. Love it. So those are the things to look out for. We'll That's see what amazing. Happens. Yeah. Gosh, it's been wonderful to have you on the podcast. Thank Just you. to like have a different voice. Uh, and we kind of wanted to launch uh, another segment, like just to bring a little bit of structure to the podcast. Yeah. And uh, we've talked about it a little bit. We, we might <laughs> like looking at like, what? What do you do? Another segment. About? Yeah. But it's a uh, uh, photographer of the week. Yeah. And that's just where we highlight uh, a photographer. And so in, in uh, launching that segment, uh, Justin Christie, you're our photographer of the week. Thank so, you guys. Woo. I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I love so, being here. Guys, check out her work. It's amazing. It's crazy. There Thank are people you. hanging upside down from mountains. <laughs> like, it's wild. Let's go on an adventure, guys. Yeah, it's so <laughs> full of adventure. So, you're our photographer of the week. Thank and, you. And uh, we're going to try to keep that up to have a photographer every week. We'll do what we can. <laughs> yeah. Great. yeah. No, not like they won't always be on the podcast, but we'll at least highlight someone. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think the first week might have been Zalmi, you know, and then we kind of missed it. But I want to like make sure we're, we'll get back on track. Yeah, we'll do yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, this is great, guys. So yeah, I'm Ad Adonia Jaja at AdoniaJaja.com. I'm Levi Tiarina at Levi Tiarina on Facebook, Instagram, and the .com. Yeah. This is the Blacklight Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Right on. Peace, guys.